Friends, as we come to God's word this morning, we continue in our sermon series following um, Acts 2, 42, which talks about the foundations of the church. Um, Before we look at it, if you're a graduate and you're asking yourself, when is she going to talk about me? The answer is after this. So just hang in there. It'll be a second yet. I will talk about you. Um, Acts 2.42, remember, says this. They, being the people of God, the church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Today, we come again to this idea that the church is one that breaks bread together. Last week, Pastor Stephen led us through Deuteronomy 8, which Jesus quotes when he is being tempted by the devil. Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from God. And we remembered together that this breaking of bread is a daily rhythm that we are invited to as God's people. Today, as we continue to think about the breaking of bread and what that means for us as the church and what it means about who God is, it feels good to turn to John 6. In John 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. So if we, the church, are to break bread together, we need to listen in to the words of our Savior when he says that he is the bread of life. Of life. Let me pray for us before we open God's word. Let's pray. God, may your word be our rule, your spirit our teacher, and the glory of Christ our utmost concern. Amen. Friends, turn with me to John chapter 6, if you haven't done so already. In John 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And if you know John's gospel, you know that this is the first of many I am statements that Jesus makes in this gospel. Jesus says that he is the bread of life, that he is the light of the world, the door That he is the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life, and the true vine. But today, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Before we read the passage together, I want to draw our attention just to the simple fact that there is a lot going on in John chapter 6. I'm not sure if you've read this particular chapter of scripture in a while, But if you haven't, there is a lot. There's two miracles in this chapter, the feeding of the 5,000 and the story of Jesus walking out on the water. There's a conversation, a really important conversation, that happens between Jesus and the crowd. That's what we're going to look at together this morning. And then the chapter closes with the responses of the people to this conversation. We're not going to read that particular part today, 
But I think it's interesting to note that it's there. So let's turn together to John 6, 25. Again, this is following the feeding of the 5,000 and following Jesus walking on the water. John 6, 25, we'll read through verse 40. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to receive the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none, none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we heard that together, as we read it together, I'm wondering if you noticed any Old Testament references as we were reading through it. I wonder if you heard some familiar stories. I did. In chapter, or in verse 31, I notice that the crowd says to Jesus, our ancestors, they got manna in the wilderness. And of course, that's a reference to the story in the Old Testament following the Exodus, when God's people are in the desert and they're roaming in the wilderness, and God provides for them daily manna as they wander. We remembered that story a bit last week. I also notice in the next verse, in verse 32, that Jesus brings up Moses who is another really important Old Testament character, as we know. Jesus says in verse 32, Very truly I tell you, 
It is not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. So we have two instances here of an Old Testament story of the Exodus. If we were to read all of John chapter 6 together, which I thought about doing, but we won't because it's a little too long. If we were to read it all together, there are several parallels to the story of the Exodus that we would notice. And I'm sharing that with us now so that we can remember when Jesus says he's the bread of life, Jesus is saying, I am the one who delivers. In John chapter 6, verse 4, if you still have your Bibles open, we learn that the Jewish Passover festival is near. The Jewish Passover festival is the festival in which God's people remember when the angel of death passed over them, when God spared their lives and took them out of Egypt. That's likely why there's such a big crowd that's gathered at the beginning of John 6, because they're gathering together to celebrate, to remember the story of God passing over, or the angel of death, rather, passing over them so that God could bring them out of captivity from Egypt. We then learn that the people are gathered together, and what happens next? Jesus feeds them. Jesus feeds them. Once when God brought his people out of Egypt, what did he do? He fed them. He gave them manna. He gave them enough so that they might be filled. And every day he gave them enough that they might be filled. In this story, in this story from John 6, Jesus not only gives the people what they need to be filled, but he gives them to them abundantly. In John 6. But then what happens next after Jesus feeds the people in John 6? Well, he's tired. He's had a long day, so he takes some time at the top of a mountain. And then his disciples make their way to the Sea of Galilee. They're going to cross it and go to the city of Capernaum to talk with the crowds and leaders and teachers there. Jesus goes to meet them on the water. And he walks onto it. He walks out three or four miles out, the text says, to where they are on the water. This is a miracle water story here. I remember a miraculous water story in the Exodus. I remember that when God brought the people out of Egypt and brought them over to the Red Sea, God parted the waters And the people walked through. They were not overtaken by the Egyptians. They were able to walk through. The stage is set here for us in John 6. We know that the Passover is near. We know that our God is one who feeds in the wilderness. We know that our God is one who can do miracles with the water. And we know that the question is not, is Jesus a deliverer? But the question is, who? Who will Jesus deliver? Because we know that is the next step. When God feeds the people, when God spreads the waters, the next step is deliverance. Who will Jesus deliver 
now. And this is what brings us to our text this morning. The crowd is maybe wondering and noticing these different pieces of their story coming together, and they go and they follow Jesus to Capernaum. This is after he walks out on the water. The first question they ask Jesus is, hey, when did you get here? When did you get here, Jesus? And right away, he says to them, you are looking for me not because I, you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the free food I gave you. Jesus is saying, you're looking for me not because you saw God in my actions, but you're looking for me because I fed you yesterday, and that was kind of nice for you that you got a free meal, right? But Jesus says to them, he doesn't shame them for coming to him. He says instead, I am not going to feed you another meal. I want to invite you into something deeper, to work for the food that nourishes your everlasting life that nourishes your deliverance. Jesus invites them by saying, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. But he said the word work. So now they're curious. What do you mean when you say work? What are we getting ourselves into? What do we need to do in order to earn this everlasting life bread food? What do we need to do? What is the work? And Jesus says something that is so profoundly encouraging, something, a verse you could read and just sit and reflect on for the rest of your life. He says this, the work of God is this, to believe. The work of God is this, just to believe in the one he sent. I don't know about you, but that reminds me of another really powerful verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes, whoever believes, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The work is only this, just to believe. I was talking with um, just a family friend of mine the other day on the phone, and she is wrestling with some really important doubts right now. And she said multiple times in the conversation with me, it's all I can do to just believe. I just have this little tiny faith. And I said, good news. The work of God is this, just to believe, just to believe in the one he sent. How amazing, how beautiful is it that our God takes little small mustard seed faith and he can make it into something so much more. The work of God is this, to believe. That's it. So, of course, they don't believe him because <laughs> that's too easy. It's too easy just to believe. There, certainly, there must be more. So they ask him another question in verse 30. They ask him, okay, so you're the one who God sent. You're the one in whom we should believe. Well, can you show us a sign then? Can you show us some evidence, some proof that you are the one that we should believe in? In fact, once, you remember, 
uh, we were in the wilderness, and we were having some trouble uh, recognizing God, and we were new in our relationship with God, and so he sent a sign. He sent some manna for us in the wilderness, um, and that was really helpful for us, having that sign. What's a, little bit, what's a little bit ironic about them asking not only for a sign, but then specifically bringing up the sign of manna is that what did Jesus just do yesterday in John 6? He brought a sign, and not only a sign, but a bread sign. Just yesterday, Jesus was on the mountainside near the Sea of Galilee, and Philip came up to him and said, Jesus, there's a really big crowd here. We got to feed them. How are we going to do that? There was a small boy. The small boy had five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus took the loaves and the fish. He blessed it. He broke it, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples, and they ate and were satisfied. Jesus then took the leftover fish and the leftover loaves. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, pass it out. Give it to all those who are gathered, more than 5,000 people, because our text tells us that only the men are counted. More than 5,000 people are here to be fed. So they asked Jesus, oh, you could give us a sign like manna, but just yesterday he gave a manna sign, a bread sign. What I noticed, though, is that Jesus doesn't say, wow, you guys really messed up. You weren't paying attention yesterday. You're a little bit slow on the draw. Jesus doesn't say any of that. Instead, Jesus said to you, says to them, yes, it is true that Moses took bread, took the bread of heaven and he gave it to the people. But that story, that story of God giving bread, it is not over yet. God is not done bringing the bread of life to his people. The story is not over. God the Father is offering you bread that is giving life to the world right now, and I am that bread. The story didn't die in the desert with our ancestors because I am who I am, and I am the bread of life. If you, again, go on to read the rest of the chapter, some of the disciples, some of the crowd, some of the Jews who are there, they begin to grumble after Jesus says this. But that's no surprise, because what did we do in the wilderness when the manna came? We grumbled. But nonetheless, Jesus shares with them that he is the bread of life. Not only is he sustaining them, but he is delivering them. What's so amazing to me in, in not only this story, but in the rest of scripture, and especially in John's gospel, is that Jesus doesn't just tell people what God is like. Jesus shows people what God is like. Jesus doesn't just say, I am the bread of life, take it or leave it. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I will give this bread to you. And then we know that one day the bread of life will go to the cross. His own body will be broken. And it will be offered up and blessed and given to us that we might all live eternally 
and abundantly that we might be delivered. In Acts 2, we learn that the people of God break bread, and they do that every day. And for them, they would gather in each other's homes, and they would share bread. They would eat a meal together, um, spend time with one another. And as I remember that Jesus is the bread of life and that Jesus is our deliverer, I wonder to myself if I need a daily reminder of that. If I need to be reminded every day that Jesus is the bread of life, that he sustains me, that Jesus is the deliverer, that he has me in the palm of his hand, in the apple of his eye. And I wonder who here needs that reminder today. Who needs the reminder that God is our deliverer? God has you. I wonder who needs the reminder of encouragement that God sustains you. And I wonder how we can remind each other of that. How we can show one another, as Jesus shows through his actions, that he is our deliverer. That he is our bread of life. Yesterday was my grandpa's funeral. It it was really good. And as we were together as a family, and as I watched him be lowered into the ground next to my grandma, I heard this passage in my head. Jesus is the bread of life. Through him, in him, we have everlasting life. And though we may not realize that in full, what we hope for, what we practice together in the table, is that God is our deliverer. I'm so grateful that we have that hope as people of faith. I hope, too, we can encourage one another in that as well, that it's not just a funeral that reminds us of that, but it's a daily encouragement. God delivers you. God is your bread of life. God sustains you. How can I encourage you? Friends, may God bless us as we do the work of reminding one another of that, of caring for one another in that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, the time is here. Um, At this time, I am really excited to celebrate our 2020 graduates. Um, Graduation Sunday, as I said, looks and feels a little bit different this year, just because of where we are and the circumstances that we find ourselves in. But it was still really important for us to include a slideshow of all of our high school and our college graduates, some of whom are here today and others who are joining us online. So at this time, we'll share that with you, and then I will offer some words of blessing for our graduates as well.